coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore, down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. Harry Potter, not Star Wars. Yeah. I'm surprised. Cool. I can Did do you, that as well. This was something I actually wanted to ask you. Let's just start. Let's go in and see where we end up talking about some football as well. But I did want sure. to ask you, um, did you get a wand or a Hedwig doll at the Universal Studios party? They tried to give me a Hedwig. And as I walked away, I realized everyone else I was with had a wand. And I've got this giant fluffy owl thing that my main thought was, <laughs> one didn't immediately identify as a Hedwig and I am a Harry Potter geek. So that was concerning. And then I was like, well, how on earth am I getting this home? Because I was already having to check an extra bag on the way back because of various bits of kit and stuff that I'd picked up along the way. So I went back and I was like, I'm really sorry. Can I have a wand? And the guy was like, yeah, yeah. And then this guy's supervisor came charging over and she's like, I said no more exchanges. I was like, thank you. Bye. So yeah, I have, a, I have a wand. And I would like to apologize to anyone who came after me and tried to exchange the Hedwig for the wand because she was having, she was clamping down on exchanges. <laughs> and it was huge. It was like literally, and I've had to leave it. Well, it was like yeah, I couldn't have home. I'm guessing what, from head to shoulders in height. Like it was a pretty. Yeah, it was, it was genuinely like, like that lying down yeah. and like, you know, cumbersome. Yeah, not useful for the British media that need to take these things home. A nice exactly. wand fits neatly in the hand luggage. It's perfect. Where is the wand? Especially when we then got in the Uber, me with a couple of uh, our Sky guys and we all compared wands and I realised I had the elder wand. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> See, I got on the bus with everybody uh, from TalkSport and I found out that I had the dark snake Slytherin wand, which fits me being the darker humoured person from TalkSport perfectly. So I genuinely Perfect. think the wands actually ended up with the right people coming out of that media party. I've always thought of you more as a Hufflepuff, uh, actually, oh, Ollie. Don't but... give me that. Hufflepuff. There's nothing wrong with being a Hufflepuff, and also the wand <laughs> does choose the wizard, Ollie. The wand chooses the wizard. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, look, it's been ages since I've seen you. Though. I don't think I've seen you around the place since the Super Bowl. You must have Irony. been... <laughs> you must have been, yeah, or, you know, very convenient truth for you, I think. It's, uh, it, it's a pretty nice off-season when you're the reigning Super Bowl champions, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, my count that is what is an off season because I work on so many different sports. I went straight into netball super league season, but yes, from a purely like NFL footballing perspective, do you know one thing I kind of observed? And this is um, a problem that only comes when your team does lift the Lombardi. Is you notice how quickly the NFL cycle and schedule moves on, and it feels like you've been Super Bowl champs for like a week. And then the conversation moves on and it's all free agency, yeah. the draft, who's going to, you know, who's got what and who's doing what and, and all the rest of it. And it's a bit like, guys, but can we just bask in the glory? <laughs> just, just well, you know what that is, though, Hannah, is that there's 31 other teams that are pretty pissed off that you've won the Super Bowl. They don't want to talk about it anymore. So, Well, exactly. And I get it. And every other year, I'm, you know, I'd be like, right, on to the next. Yeah. Here we go. But it does feel like it's a very brief moment in the sun. Um, and then, of course, you get to this time of year and everyone's talking about the reigning Super Bowl champs and you've got that extra target on your back. So it becomes potentially a problem in another way. But no, it's been enjoyable. Um, I have been making sure that when people do refer to me as a Rams fan, I say world champion, yeah. Los Angeles Rams, um, <laughs> just to really eke out every last moment of it. And I also did the classic in that I bought one of the 
Ram Super Bowl champs official sweaters immediately after we won and went on the same website the other day and now you can get them for $30. Uh, so I should have waited. Next time, when we run it back, I will learn my lesson. Now, it feels more authentic when you buy it kind of a week or so in that first week after the game. I think it feels, because you're, you're so much more caught up in the moment. Now, if you bought it, you'd be like, oh, well, this is a bit silly because it's going to be out of date in six months. Exactly. And I was also riding that like complete wave of just euphoria where money lost all meaning so i bought everything <laughs> you went and cleaned out the nfl shop i take it afterwards then in los angeles that morning Do you know the la the la ram shops pop-up shops weren't that great i even hiked all the way up to the grove because there was a specific training top i wanted to get couldn't find it it was all just jerseys which is fine but i'm not someone who wears a jersey ever um <laughs> So I was like, I'm more for the, like, the training gear or the wear by Aaron Andrews stuff. And you couldn't get any of that stuff anywhere. It was really annoying. Um, so I had to get it all online and then pay a fortune to to ship it home, which was quite frustrating. Oh, I did go to the it. Super Bowl shop the day after to try and grab a bargain. And again, that there wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of bargains to be had. I'm not going to lie. I've, had, I've seen better. The uh, The blanket I've got for my sofa that is currently taking over my footstool in my living room is the one it's got the nice kind of beautiful purpley orange colors it's got the super Bowl like logo these. on it yeah yeah kind of like that and then it's just yeah it's pride and place in the living room at the moment so the best the best thing i got actually for all the crap i bought is the game ball actually yeah like you know you just go that is so smart and it is so nice and i ended up for various reasons having to bring three of them back which is why i really couldn't take that yeah you got it too so i really couldn't <laughs> take the headwig either because i already had three balls i had to deflate um <laughs> all right Brady, but, yeah. jesus okay <laughs> <laughs> i did me and my camera me and our, um, our sky cameraman on the monday our flight was like late monday evening we literally went on a mission in la to find a uh a valve to deflate all these balls because <laughs> he had one for his son as well we were like how are we gonna get these balls back we've got to find a valve it was you know as glamorous and exciting as you think it was yeah it's, it sounds like when you're, when you're in the uh, california sun the day after a super bowl <laughs> and the whole of la is kind of already done with the rams and it did feel like the. Yeah. i mean you talk about the nfl cycle moving on quickly but it kind of felt that like los angeles got over the super bowl victory very quickly it was like hooray what movie is getting made next i think a marvel one's coming out yeah, do you know what? You're so you're so right. So like the Monday, I it was finished work. I was like, well, I can be bedecked in all my Ram swag, and you know, professionalism is out the window now. It's I'm basically it's travel day, um, and there was only one person in the whole of LA who I actually had a conversation with about it. I went for lunch, and I was wearing this really cool vintage Rams like bomber I've got. Shout out to National Vintage League, um, and the server at this restaurant came over, and he had this. LA Rams is like the old school logo, which is my preferred logo. Um, and he had LA FD, like fire department. And I was like, that's really cool. And he was saying, oh, he'd like, no one, no one had noticed it before. He had it custom made because he used to be a firefighter. He's like, I've got to win it today because we just won the Super Bowl. And I was like, I am aware. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the only person that was actually like having a conversation about it, even at the airport. Whereas, in previous years, like flying out of Atlanta after Super Bowl 53, it was all still Super Bowl buzzy and the, yeah. there was still well, the stuff Eagles you could buy there. The Eagles just tearing apart the city yeah. in 2018 or whatever. Oh, it's just like, I think, says so much about the town itself because it was just like, right, on to the next. There's always something new happening here. I, I do wonder if 
where all the Bengals fans had disappeared to. And if maybe if they'd won, it might have felt different the next day. But then it's mm. such a big city, it's such a sprawl mm. that there wasn't really that like those pockets and concentration of people like you get elsewhere. Yeah, there probably would have been a uh, a fun time down at like Venice Beach or somewhere with the Bengals. That's fans where I was. Oh right, yeah. oh, okay, nice. But, and there yeah. was no one there. <laughs> yeah, very, very. Do you think because it's a it's a city that likes winning and has probably got quite a brazen kind of cultural attitude to a lot of things? I would have thought like Hollywood doing things bigger and better, like the Lakers and stuff. Do you think that now that they have won a Super Bowl and kind of got over that hump? that maybe there'll be more of a buzz. Like if they went back in the next three years, that it would maybe be a bit more of an event. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a non-event in the lead up to it. It yeah. was, there were people getting hyped. And also as well, I was talking like, I was out and about the, in the week and talking to sort of fans. And a lot of people were saying, because LA's got people that come from all over the country anyway. It's such a sort of nomadic place, isn't it? I was talking to this one woman, she was bedecked in, New Orleans Saints gear and she was like I grew up in New Orleans I moved out here 10 years ago I'm a Saints fan through and through but of course I'm going to root for the Rams because it's the Super Bowl and there was a lot of that in that because they haven't had a team there for so long a lot of the football fans have got other teams but by virtue of the Rams being successful and almost sort of beating the charges to the punch a little bit and getting that getting that Lombardi I think it's going to go miles I think I think whereas this, like you know, last year it would probably been a little bit easier to get sort of single game tickets. I think it'll be a bit harder mm. this year because I think it captures captures the imagination. Success breeds success, and also mm-hmm. younger fans, like you know, kids out there. You think what like what your early formative sporting memories are, and if you're like you know between the age of like six and fifteen, and this team in your town is winning the big thing, that's gonna get you in, isn't it? And that that's how you make the sort of longer term fans so mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it'll go a long way it's but, got the star power but also as well it was a hollywood ending right like in a way it's kind of like yeah of course it's la we win things like the hockey team on this year like you know what i mean like it's just it's just what they do i think the hockey team sure i don't think the kings won it this year but it's fine it's fine no they I didn't, didn't. No. who did i can't remember the lightning were, oh the avalanche colorado uh, avalanche it's all right We'll ignore that bit. It's fine. No, I ignore that bit. Someone I, else wants something in LA this year. No, but I genuinely think as well, though, it's because uh, you mentioned beating the Chargers to the push. And I think that was actually a huge part of the Rams going for broke, kind of bringing in people like Odell Beckham Jr. I, I think they genuinely have seen it as there's a rivalry in this city between us and the Chargers to be the dominant franchise. And we need to go out and sign Hollywood players and be the Hollywood team to attract that Hollywood attention in LA whereas the Chargers seem to be playing like this long game of look we're gonna slowly build this team build it around Justin Herbert and then we're gonna I mean I think the Chargers have got a great chance of going all the way this year I kind of think the Rams do as well but the Rams have gone all out to set their flag into Los Angeles almost from a business point of view more than anything else and beat the Chargers to that punch as well as obviously from a footballing point of view. Yeah, and I think that was a big part of bringing Matthew Stafford in as well, because I think they were so close to sort of, you know, that, that core of that team was so good. And I think they were looking at what the Chargers were doing with Justin Herbert and going, right, that kid's the real deal. They've got their opportunity now to build around him while he's on his rookie deal. And that's very much what they're doing. So, yeah, you kind of have to boost the punch a little bit to win to win the hearts and souls of, of people in L.A. And I think I think what's interesting 
is like that the Chargers are looking pretty good this season. I, I still wonder if it's like a little early for them. I'm just, I'm not quite sure Justin Herbert's quite got that killer instinct, like that finishes instinct yet. But Ollie obviously disagrees guy. with me. Ollie but loves I think we'll, Herbert. But I mean, look, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of his, but I think there's, there's some there's some stuff that just takes a cup, a, a little minute just to get there. Yeah. But I think what's interesting is exactly that. And is if this if this year the Chargers really ascend, I mean, can we just for a moment go LA versus LA in the Super Bowl? Hmm. Um, but I think what will be a good tell for that as well is they play each other twice this year. So that's really interesting or once this year they play each other in december yeah. one of the one of the rams road games for the running in december i'm like well they're not going far um <laughs> so i think that'll be really interesting it's that sort of la derby and that's not going to happen all the time or very frequently but that is an added element to it and i think 100 percent looking at what the charges are starting to build and then they go and poach the head coach from you as well like <laughs> i think you've got to get the jump it's uh, it's good as well that the Rams are one and zero when they're playing away in their own stadium as well, undefeated when they're the away team in their own stadium. I think so. All, all these little things count. Um, all these little things. Someone said to me, they're like, "Oh, do you think that'll mess the Rams up because they'll be like the away team in their home stadium?" I was like, "Well, they did win a Super Bowl that way, so I don't <laughs> think it discombobulated them too much." <laughs> probably gonna be okay, guys. It's probably gonna be yeah. Okay. Are you are you a bit worried about um obviously some of the coaching changes? Kevin O'Connell's gone. Uh, this year going in for the Rams for this season you've kept the majority of a team nucleus that won a Super Bowl and I still think one of the best teams in the NFC uh, we had a big debate with Shane Vereen about the Saints perhaps being the sleeper that are going to be the best team in the NFC now they've just lost a safety to the Eagles so don't worry about that <laughs> but um, but I, I, I think the the Rams have got everything in place as long as they can recover from losing key elements of the coaching staff, which is almost the thing that kind of crippled the Eagles after they won the Super Bowl. They had a lot of the players around, but actually because of people like Frank Reich leaving, the whole coaching staff kind of got messed around a bit. Doug Peterson then lost his handle on things a little bit and it, and it all went kaput. It, there's no fear uh, for a Rams fan of that happening? Honestly, no. And I'll tell you why. And that's because... It comes, it, it all stems from Sean McVay. We've been losing people, you know, big names, Brandon Staley, all the rest of it relatively frequently over the last few years. And we've still got Sean McVay there and we've still got Raheem Morris as well on the defense, which I think he sort of flew under the radar. But I don't know if you saw, there was a really interesting article and I can't remember who wrote it. It was on ESPN. I retweeted it, so I'll still be on my Twitter a few years ago. And it was like a deep dive piece into Sean McVay and the guy who wrote it spent so much time with him. And basically... You, you get the impression that obviously Les Snead and Sean McVay have got that relationship. Um, but Sean McVay and Raheem Morris is also really important. And when there was that run of losses in November, Sean McVay fell into like a proper, a proper funk about the whole thing and not a Jake funk, just a funk funk. Um, and it was Raheem Morris who sort of pulled him out of it and kind of has that sort of older, wiser head who's been there and done it. So I'm not too worried because I think, We've got that energy coming from Sean McVay, who is such a dynamic head coach um, and exhausting in every level. I have to, like, I don't know, like fair play to his new wife. How on earth can you live with someone who's like up here all the time? Um, but I think there's enough experience there and there's enough experience among the players as well. It's not like it's a young, young group that needs completely molly cuddling. Like the guy who's designing the offense is, you know, Harold is one of the greatest defensive minds. Um, 
Your defense is led by Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner now as well. I, I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. If I'm honest, the only thing that concerns me is just everyone staying healthy because we've seen when teams try and run it back, that's the always the biggest challenge. Because to get to a Super Bowl run, you've got to have some good luck when it comes to health, and it's very rare that you get that two seasons in a row mm. in this league. So that's that's my more of a concern than any sort of coaching coaching carousel changes. Well, and like we saw as well, though, like the Rams were able to recover even when injuries late on last year kind of hit them with like Higby went down, of course, going mm. in towards the Super Bowl and things like that. And, and McVeigh's smart enough to be able to kind of work around, you know, Higby's not the key element of that Rams offense at all, but he was certainly that kind of shorter threat, cup over the middle and then OBJ perhaps deeper. And similarly in the Super Bowl, eventually they got it working once OBJ went out. So, yeah, I don't know. They're a really tough one to kind of talk yourself away from, from liking quite a lot for this Leonard Floyd's an absolute monster as well and like yeah he's so underrated I think <laughs> I think he is so underrated and every conversation I'm always like no one's ever talking about Leonard Floyd and I think they should be and be because obviously you know Aaron Donald etc pulls all the the focus but I think that's what the Rams have done well and have to continue to do well now all things considered is that their later round draft picks do come good. Like if you look at the guys who, you know, have, have stayed on the roster that was announced yesterday, and it's Hannah. Do you just mean their draft picks when you say later round draft picks? Obviously, <laughs> they never have any. Obviously, yeah. But hello, you get Cooper Cup in the third round. Look at oh. now, like, and that, and that's just, and that's Incredible. just what they like. They're doing generally now as well. And there's some guys that they've picked, you know, third round onwards in the last few years, and they sort of grow into the role rather than almost that pressure that comes with a yeah. high draft pick. I think these guys are given more opportunity to sort of fly under the radar, learn their craft on special teams and what have you, and then sort of come good when they're when they're ready for it. That is a really good point because if you if you draft if you draft these guys and you're like okay we can wait two or three years before you're going to be a starter necessarily, mm. and you keep just bringing in these veterans year after year, they learn from the best. And they get a chance to grow rather than being like, first year, be great, or yeah. you're out. <laughs> Go win us a Super Bowl. And look, you yeah. know, occasionally you'll strike goal on that. Look at like Jamar Chase and, you know, like, mm -hmm. and Joe Burrow. Yes, it can happen. But I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think my only major, major, major concern is how we will continue to bring in any veterans because we don't have any draft picks to trade away. Mm. And that has been the currency for them up to this point. I so don't know how you're affording all these players as well. Like I'm how much just, is Bobby, is Bobby Wagner not still on a massive contract? Aren't, isn't Stan Kroenke just siphoning all of it onto Arsenal's wage budget? So technically it doesn't <laughs> count. Like... You cannot make such an accusation. Uh, no, I think Les Snead is some sort of a contract structuring genius and I think as well there's an element of like yeah you know Matthew Stafford got extended this year yeah Aaron Donald got paid blah 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 blah. but you look at how the Patriots built that dynasty around Tom Brady and he was never making the headlines as the highest paid player in the league so I think mm. there's that element of if you've got if you want to be winning championships and you want the whole team to be strong you can't be having the guy then 200 million guaranteed because mm. it's just not it's just not going to be sustainable so how you and I'm not a contract expert, but how you structure it in terms of signing bonuses and incentives and all the rest of it is, is quite different, isn't it? To sort of that guaranteed money. And it's having, well, I guess, a, a nucleus in a team that is strong enough that when you say to somebody that's maybe a big name, look, we want to kick your bonus three years down the line or whatever. Yeah. 
we're okay. He's okay with that because he's thinking, well, in three years down the line, I might have two more rings. So then that yeah. bonus will, you know, we'll be racking up even more money kind of thing. So it, yeah, it's having the trust in a franchise. We were literally just talking as you joined the conversation about how England looks like a dysfunctional franchise because we've had like four prime ministers in six years. And if that was in the <laughs> NFL, you'd be like, there's something going wrong with the organization. There. I've never thought of it like that. And that is such, such a good metaphor. Finally, finally, my sporting mind understands politics. Thank you, Ollie. <laughs> it's all right. Here to help. That's as, that's as, much, the, as far we go down the political rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I like it. It's so true. It's like, who are the owners? What are they doing? Where is ownership? Oh, well, wait. Um, just going back to what you're saying, Hannah, about Raheem um, Morris. Uh, I think that was a really nice pickup coaching wise. I mean, I obviously I'm a Falcons fan. You can kind of see, well, you can see one of the jerseys behind me. I've got an Evans jersey, which Jazz bought me as an insult uh, that I'm forced to uh, hang up behind me. And then I've got also Julio behind Harry me as Potter well. fan though. What's that? Mike Evans. Harry Potter. Oh, right. As he talked about Harry Potter, is he? He loves <laughs> Harry Potter. I did a shoot with him a few years ago and I had him bedecked in harry potter glasses and a scarf and i gave him oh a wand God. and i still to this day don't know how i got away with it but he was well into it that's is that anyway. why you got the the elder wand as well because you obviously gave one away so you were rewarded with... oh yeah maybe it's it was my, it was my magical karma yeah. but sorry uh david <laughs> no no hey we yeah. we can talk harry potter i that that's fascinating do you think you get to like a level of cool like a mike evans where you just like i'll say what i want i like what i want like well do you know what it was it was when the bucks <laughs> last time the bucks, it was last time the bucks came over and played over here back in the james winston days when he threw a thousand interceptions at spurs um but one of the little nuggets that we'd got was that mike evans is a harry potter fan and it was like hello um and we did the regular interview first and i was like do you want to have a bit of fun and his eyes lit up because these guys you know they talk about football all day every day yeah. um the only the only thing i will um mark him down for is he went i love harry potter i've watched all the movies like 10 times i was like books what about uh, come on. Books? yeah talk he's not got time to books, read a book no. he's got a playbook he, he's got to read the playbook yeah, yeah. exactly like fine i let him off um <laughs> but no exactly i think he was just very very secure in who he is and he's mike evans so he's got more cool in his little finger than any of us have put together so mike evans yeah. or julio jones but back to raheem oh, morris no, no, Hannah, this has definitely got to be answered quickly mike evans or julio jones before we get into raheem morris which receiver would you oh. rather have no in their in their prime which receiver would you rather have and who's had the better career i mean i think for mike evans he's been I mean, a little bit by where his franchise has been historically. But so Julio Jones has basically had a Hall of Fame career, hasn't he, really? But if I was drafting my team tomorrow, I'd pick Mike Evans because just personality. Oh, personality, we get, we get along. You, Hannah, yeah. And... Yeah. It's all about team chemistry. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's a good, he's a good character. <laughs> Shocker. Dave, sorry, Shocker. you had a question about coaching. Oh, yeah, I was just... Uh, <laughs> no, I was just saying about Raheem Morris. Um, so he had, like, five different roles with the Falcons over six years. And I just think... It's a really, it'd be interesting to see if he gets another kind of chance. He was an interim head coach with the Falcons. It'd be interesting to see if he gets another chance as a head coach because he was like, he's an assistant head coach. I think he might have been, was he a receivers coach as well? And then he was like, yeah, defensive coach and then like interim head coach as well. He's had all these different roles. And now he's obviously going to learn under Sean McVay as well. 
And he's got all I mean, these Not that he needs to learn anything from Sean McVay. I think he's probably teaching him some things too. But yeah, that, that yeah. it's like kind of that association, isn't it? It's like there was a time in this league that if someone had said hello to Sean McVay in a corridor in the Rams facility, they basically <laughs> got interviewed for a head coach job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I just I just think it's really interesting they've brought him in because I I watched, you know, a lot of interviews when he was with the Falcons and stuff. He's a really interesting guy. He's a really he's a good speaker. I could imagine him coming across really well with players. Mm. So I just I just think he's going to just slip in really nicely at the Rams. Really yeah. Nicely. I think I I think that as well. I think he I don't know, it's interesting to think whether he'll get I, I hope he does. He's still relatively young, right? He's just yeah. older than Sean Bay because everyone is. Um got another chance. It just might not be, I don't know, it's as hard, isn't it? It's like the carousel, like is he gonna go well, if he gets another chance, it. is it gonna be a bad team kind of thing? That's just it, isn't it? It's yeah, like he sort of inherited a bit of a mess in Atlanta, did Big what time, he kind of yeah. could with it. I don't think any of the problems they were having at the time had anything to do with him, but you know. No. Um I don't know, there's there's such a the thing is as well, there is such an appetite now, isn't there, when it comes to head coaches for like the young hot thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it is those like young offensive or defensive coordinators and you, yeah, you look at the hires in this like last coach cycle, and there were a lot of moves, and there's not there's not a lot of the sort of guys that have been around sort of getting promoted. And I think there'll probably be a shift. Back. It's still trends, isn't it? So I'm sure there'll be a, a shift back to it. But at the moment, it feels like it's all very much like it's mm-hmm. basically like looking for you know the next McVeigh and the next but, you know what I mean. It's just, that's like, where we are. McVeigh's like the next Gruden. McVeigh yeah. has such a similar kind of temperament, I feel, as John Gruden did when he was at the Bucks and built that. Well, awesome they've just team. bought him in as a consultant. Yeah, the and Rams it's... have just bought John Gruden in as a consultant. Which have they? And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not get into because that. that is a complex. It is discussion. a complex scenario. Yeah, complex it's... scenario, but it's just interesting well... that you draw the comparison because they're now sort of because McVeigh's got that swagger about him, and I genuinely yeah. like whatever you think of John Gruden, the human being. Which there's been a lot of discussion about what he has said and all that sort of thing, but as a coach and getting the job done, particularly what he did building up one of the worst teams in the NFL into the arguably the greatest defense of all time, and the and the manner he goes about it. He had that arrogance. He had that swagger. He had that self-confidence. And aside from obviously, as you were talking about with McVeigh last year, with kind of the the losses hit him hard. I actually think as almost somebody to learn from, Gruden will be great for McVeigh to fit those last pieces of like confidence together so he can become almost like the all-powerful young, sexy new young head coach in the NFL, which he kind of already is anyway. Well, and that's just it as well, isn't it? When you've had, I mean... He's had predominantly success in his career. And the fact that they lost three in a row in November sent him into this huge spiral um, says so much. And it's like he's not had those testing times. He's, you know, he's been getting the players he's wanted and he's been having, like, getting the new stadium and, and all the rest of it. So I think, yeah, you, you, you kind of need to learn that from someone somewhere, um, preferably not at the uh, cost of results yeah. from a fan's perspective. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting. And I think Seth Wickersham, I just I just dug it out. Read the, the piece. I retweeted it. It was earlier in August. Such a good read and such a good insight into, yeah, just the sheer intensity of the guy. It's um, I mean, it's the same way with all these head coaches because 
you have to you have to be or you don't be. succeed yeah there's like 3 a.m in the 3 a.m in the facility well, after you've left the wife and kids at 10 o'clock the previous night and then you don't see yeah. them again until like seven and everything and i mean i've got a lot of respect for it but also it's, it is unsustainable i think you did say <laughs> you said about john green i thought you were going to draw a comparison ollie uh between gruden obviously moving away from coaching after he's with the bucks and won a super bowl oh, I'd love and going into media because please. Well, people have talked about Sean McVay maybe just doing that quite early as well. Is that something you're worried about, 20 million from Amazon. Yeah. Is that something you're worried about, Hannah, that he's just going to just leave after the season and go? No, I don't think so. I think, I mean, post-Super Bowl win, right, it was like, oh, Aaron Donald's retiring because he's got his ring now. It's, oh, Sean McVay's going to take this Amazon money because $20 million to sit in the booth and do a game a week is clearly a lot easier of a way to earn a living than being yep. a head coach in the NFL. She couldn't begrudge him it. Um, but I think what and I think this is the same across all sports and all athletes and all coaches. That's not where they get their fulfillment. You know what I mean? Like they have that innate drive, like not being funny. If if someone offered any of us to be right now, and David, I don't know you that well, but I'm gonna make this assumption. <laughs> if someone said to you, here's $20 million a year to work one day a week, six months a year. Um, doesn't even matter what the job is, you just go, okay, done. Like that's a complete no brainer, no matter what your passion is in life. But I think when you're a professional athlete or you're a coach, they are wired so differently. It's the same thing that keeps, why did Tom Brady unretire? Because you can't turn that, you can't turn that thing off. Why is Lewis Hamilton still turning up having already won all those world championships and kind of been struggling this year because you can't turn it off? Why is Andy Murray still battling back and resurfacing his hip? You can't turn it off if you are that kind of person or athlete or coach. And that is the difference maker. So I think um, we've seen it a lot recently. You know, a lot of the Lionesses have been retiring post Euros win and they've, they've all woken up and gone, okay, now my, my body is tired. I'm tired. But if you're still young enough and fit enough and you've, you've still got that drive there, then you can't, you can't walk away. Cause you'd, mm. you know, you'd be sat up in the booth. Imagine if you're Sean McVeigh and you're sat up in the booth and calling, I know I don't want to insult people by picking two random teams that you know Panthers Jets on Thursday night. No offense <laughs> to either franchise. No, no, um, that's terrible. That is terrible. Glad you didn't say Falcons. That would have been you, an easy I was shot deliberately. I was like, I'm not going to say Falcons. Well I'm not going to say Falcons. I appreciate um, it. But you know what I mean. But and you'd be thinking of all the ways everyone involved could be doing their job better, knowing you could be doing their job better. And I just think it'd be if you've still got more to give and still got more ideas, I think it'd be too too hard. Well, Gruden Gruden got pulled out of the booth himself and signed a lovely fat deal with the Raiders because he was like, "No, nah, mm. I've still got more." Exactly. And you don't know what would have happened to Gruden as the head coach of the Raiders if everything hadn't obviously transpired off the field and everything. But um, yeah, I, I think McVeigh would be one of the best people to get up there, especially just the, the way he speaks and the way he breaks down football. When you talk to him, he's really eloquent at breaking down complicated matters on a football field into very Mm. base level terms and techniques, which probably is quite good for a lot of these guys playing under him as well, more than anything else to kind of get Mm. playbooks built in very quickly. But um, yeah, yeah. You're so freaking lucky that you've got this coach, man. This coach, this team. I just think I picked a really good team. why Why was it the Rams? Just out of interest. So it was interesting. So I, I tried Saw them on a few in the Super Bowl and I just jumped on this bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. No, no, no. It was it, it. very much predates the Super Bowl. There were a few different things. So I was getting more and more into the NFL as a sport, and I was trying on a few different 
teams for size, but you know, they just don't feel quite right. Um, and then I have a friend who lives out in um, Pennsylvania and she had some very strong views on who I was not allowed to support because she's a huge Steelers fan. And then it was actually, I was like, I, I literally, I, I tried the Packers, I tried the Saints, was just, nothing was quite right. And then it was the year that the Rams did All or Nothing and I watched it and I was like, oh, well, Rams done now because you get to know them when you haven't grown up with a sport and you haven't got that connection, but you're sort of getting to know the characters and the players and they were sort of mid-move and I was like, well, they need fans. And then they were playing in, um, they were playing in London a couple, like quite soon after that. So I was at that game. It's like, well, I'll buy myself a bobble hat and I'll call myself a Rams fan. Um, so yeah, it, honestly, yeah. It, was, it was literally, it was those shows. And I think they are so good. For, and I've heard people say it's hard knocks that have made them fall in love with one team or the other and all the rest of it. And when you haven't, unless you've got very, very liberal parents, you don't tend to grow up watching the NFL if you live this side upon just because of time it's on so mm. if you're coming to a sport sort of later as an adult it's, what, it's whatever works for you so i know it, people that pitch team just because they like the colors yeah I, that's that's the one where i'm a bit like eh, okay like, i mean i get it but like i always like when there's i mean respect to you for choosing the rams at pretty much their lowest point the jeff fisher <laughs> area like that's how, thank I, you <laughs> i like the idea that you got into the personalities and the storylines but the personalities were like the guy that doesn't know east and west and the terrible head coach that got <laughs> fired on the show so well like... <laughs> exactly but it's just it's kind of fun right <laughs> yeah yeah this this seems like a fun emotional roller coaster well, and also in. there's there is that sort of like la glamour appeal and you know i went to la when i was like a 15 year old and was like oh my god and it's you know it's quite disappointing because it is isn't it but you know there's all that sort of just yeah nice fair very that's, the, that's the way um so it was the packers and the saints you tried on there were any others that were like eh. i tried on the patriots but that did feel far too bandwagony yeah good dirty. decision from you dirty yeah. that yeah yeah i was like oh england new england and i was like no it felt just it just didn't feel right um yeah it was mainly the, the packers um and yeah definitely the saints a little bit but just couldn't I just I, I I know you don't like the vibe but the black and gold thing was kind of appealing because the stuff looks cool um but mm -hmm. yeah all right what about the rest of the division quickly with the Rams there's I want to play a quick game with you after this just of uh boom or bust uh, we're just gonna okay. fire out some names see what you think but before we get into that um yeah the division do you buy that anybody can touch you in that division Seattle's in a huge rebuild the Cardinals a really interesting one because it's a very famous uh well i don't know how famous it is but it's stuck in my head of you basically slamming sam on verge magazine's uh nfl podcast saying when were the when was the last time the cardinals were relevant in any sort of conversation which i only because we were doing a podcast in january um or it might have even been right before the super bowl and we spent like 15 minutes talking about them and i was just like they are no longer they're not relevant anyway, <laughs> um, they haven't relevant since week eight um but they're I a do. mess, right? I mean, you've seen the Kyler Murray call, uh, call of Duty stats thing and everything like that. I haven't. What's this? When, How long has he been playing? Uh, no, it's because uh, he twitches so much and does all this Twitch streaming. But then yeah. somebody's done a correlation to when Call of Duty comes out and Kyler Murray's performances in games. And after no. a new Call of Duty comes out, it drops. And when there's like a double XP <laughs> weekend on the online servers, it drops that week. So when's the next game coming out? Is oh my it god, I've just found it. I, I don't know when the next Call of Duty is coming out, but they need to delay it for like maybe week 10, just in that deciding part of the season. So, so this is this is the thing. And actually, we um, I hopped on with the Verge Mag guys the other day and Sam got all very defensive, as you can imagine. 
<laughs> it's an org- organizational mess, really. I mean, the fact there's two things, right? I mean, first of all, they've got to learn how to keep everyone healthy and actually finish a season because the last two seasons has just been that fade, complete fade. Um, and the way they started last season was like red hot. But I have to say, I was cynical about the whole thing. It took me about week five to go, okay, yeah, they're playing some good football. And then lo and behold, straight downhill. Um, so I think I think there's a, there's a few things at play. They've got to keep everyone healthy. They've got to keep Kyler Murray healthy. I think Cliff Kingsbury's got to sort of evolve his playbook and his play calling because he's still designing and calling plays for college, mm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing sometimes, but you need to evolve, develop it a little bit. Um, I think the contract situation was a complete mess. Um, and I really hate the unfollowing the team and deleting all elements of the team from some social media and blah, blah, blah. I find it really petulant. And I also, I also think, and I, I said this about Baker Mayfield a few years ago, and I've said it about other players too, until you've, until you've achieved something, what right do you have to be throwing your, toys out the pram like not being funny can any of us demand a pay rise without without a body of work to back it up it's it's one thing when Patrick Mahomes is getting paid what he's getting paid because he's proved he can deliver the goods and he can do it and he can lead a team and the Cardinals have improved with Kyler Murray but they've still not quite got there quite got over the hump so I am not threatened by them for the division okay because i just rarely am i'll say this the seahawks uh as well it's just um it's just sad actually what happened gino smith doesn't strike fear into you Hannah. gino That's smith crazy. doesn't strike fear into me and i just feel bad that he's the guy that, i feel bad for him that he's meant to be the guy that's striking fear into people and i just i just <laughs> i just don't get i just don't get what pete carroll is doing up there which you know what in a way with where the NFC West was this time last year, I'm kind of grateful because this time last year, you're going, my God, this division is the toughest division in football. Mm-hmm. The 49ers are such an unknown quantity. And I have flip-flopped back and forth. Like earlier this summer, I was like, oh, Trey Lance is going to be the starter. And yeah, whatever. Then he did some good stuff in preseason. I was like, mm, okay. Then it's been a bit shaky. And now they're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as his backup. And... What Carl Shanahan's been saying about it, he's almost been saying too much to explain the reasoning behind it. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like they're sort of backtracking, but they can't backtrack because they've said it's Trey Lance's team and he's a starter, but there's also that, well, if you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, you can, you know, no matter what you think about him as a quarterback, he's got, they've got to Super Bowls with him. So he can, he can do the job on the field. Um, So it's really interesting. It's really, I think, I think there's good. I think there'll be a change as to who's the starter at some point because if Trey Lance even struggles a little bit and you've mm. got Jimmy G sat there, there's going to be calls for it. Um, I mean, otherwise he could play lights out from week one, and they could, you know, he could be the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. We really don't know yet. Uh, he's been sold down in preseason; it's hard to figure it out as well. So yeah, forty nine is very unknown quantity. It's a little bit nervous of them sensible to always be a little bit nervous of them um seahawks and arizona <laughs> <laughs> and they're, 
you know what? There's, there's so many Seahawks players I like. Like Tyler Lockett deserves good things. He's mm. not going to be getting any good passes from Gino Smith for crying out loud. Um, yeah, and then the Cardinals. I mean, I'll happily be proved wrong because it'll keep things. It always keeps things interesting. But also as well, their, their defense has taken some hits. Their defense is aging. They're sort of aging out in a lot of areas of the field. So. And Hopkins mm. is out for the first six games of the season as well. I think the Cardinals got better with Hopkins rather than Murray improving. I think it was mm-hmm. just a safe That's... pair of hands. Yeah. Like you saw it last Very year. Very safe pair of hands. Yeah, pretty, pretty, probably the safest hands arguably in the league. You could say yeah. those points last year. But like their drop-off came obviously when Call of Duty came out, but also when <laughs> Hopkins went out. I mean, that was the killer at the end of the year. They didn't have Hopkins... They're relying on people like Chris Kirk. It's never going to work in that sense. Well, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like Kyler, Kyler Murray is um, not the kind of guy when you're on a losing streak to pull everything together? Um, you know, he's so talented. Yeah. And when you when you're up and you've won the last three games, he's a great guy to have around. And but I don't know. I just don't. They've had two like big losing streaks now in the last two years, and it just feels like. Is the head coach the one to turn around those losing streaks? Is the quarterback the one to turn around losing streaks? Or is it going to kind of all end a bit messily? I don't know. It's a leadership quality, isn't it? I don't think we've necessarily seen that. Yeah, and all his teammates must be seeing the same stuff we are. And they're like, well, I don't know about this. (laughs) And when it comes to the contract thing, and obviously these Call of Duty stats do really back it up with the evidence we've all kind of needed. But you just think... And I, I respect what he said, that he wouldn't have, you know, had his success at high school, college, or even made it as an NFL quarterback if he yeah. wasn't committed. I completely get that. But someone felt that that was pertinent and he agreed to sign it. So he, you know, it's not like he, that was going to be a surprise to him. He must've known that was in there. So he knows that perception. And just from a management side of it as well, I think them then sort of taking it out and sort of bowing to the public outcry of it was almost worse. Yeah, I know. I think it's quite a dis- it's such a dysfunctional relationship between the organisation and the quarterback, the guy who's meant to be leading them for all their future successes. And I don't know, they've only made one playoff appearance since he has been the quarterback, and we all know how that went. Um, enjoyable watch from a Rams fan perspective, and much more pleasurable than most playoff appearances involving <laughs> the Rams. But still, like, you know what I mean? It's... That was like drowning a bag of kittens, though, that that game. That was just, that was pure torture on Cardinals fans and was quite brutal to watch at points. Like It, it was, was. It was like that. It was like a so slow suffocation, wasn't it? They just closed in on all sides and it was just like, nope. I have <laughs> to say, with how it sort of stumbled into the offseason and then with everything that came after, I'm so thankful for that game because it's so rare that when it's a playoff game, you can yes. actually enjoy your team. Because yeah. it's always so like tenter hooks as to like who's going to come back. <laughs> so actually, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I had there were a few games before when the Falcons had their magical run of the Super Bowl, um, before the big game, obviously, which has ended in disaster and uh disappointment. But the um, in the build up to it, the uh, some of those games, the Falcons cruise like I remember yeah. beating Green Bay by like three touchdowns, and I was like, ah, oh, this is amazing! Like, and I was enjoying yeah, I it. it. Yeah, it's really when you go look enjoying. at my my team is winning. My team is good. My team my team is gonna get to the Super Bowl and could win it. And your team yeah. is so close. Um, yeah, unlucky. <laughs> yeah, I think in the th- in probably in like the half time in the Super Bowl, I probably thought, oh, this is easy as well, didn't I? Hmm. Well, do you know what? Even the even the Falcons' uh, Twitter account 
before the fourth quarter tweeted out, didn't they? 15 yeah. minutes away. I mean, everyone, Oops, everyone bought it. Classic. Brady. Right. I, we're not meant to be bringing that up, I thought, Dave. I thought we're not oh, mentioning that. Right. At the it's record Hannah's, show, neither of us did, Ollie. Yeah, I, I bought it up, true. and uh, it's Hannah's first appearance uh, on the show with me. So, um, you know. <laughs> Do you know what's I, funny? I as I was just talking, as I was just talking about the Rams, I almost mentioned like. 28 27 three scenarios because of what happened in the box game. I thought best not, he's Falcons fan. <laughs> delicate, delicate man, delicate man. Um, right, let's uh, let's do a bit of boom or bust thing quickly because I know you've got places to go, people to see. Uh, we'll see. I've oh. got nowhere to go, but I have got people to see from this very spot. I live here now. Okay, this is your, is there <laughs> well, I actually do because this is my house. Food and <laughs> water is being brought to your sofa, I hope, in between and things like that. Oh, I hope so. I have got some here. Okay, um, all right, good. Just don't need you passing out on a Zoom call with anybody. That wouldn't be a great look, I think, for anyone. Not the way to start the season. That's very much a bad pre-season there for you, Will. <laughs> right. Sounds very me, actually. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get in some names. Um, okay, let's start with Kyler Murray then, because I think he's actually crushing Cliff Kingsbury because Kingsbury has to play that college offense to deal with that quarterback. Everything that's gone on this offseason – Kyler Murray feels like a real boom or bust for him. If he doesn't have a great year this year, the Cardinals are probably going to be quite irate with it more than anything else, even though they're not going to have Hopkins. Does he succeed in pulling the Cardinals back to a real playoff caliber team and potentially winning a game in the playoffs as well this year? Because that's that's the that's the level that they've got at this point with the investment they've made in it. You've got Hollywood Brown, which is a big addition. But is it? He's a bust. he's a good number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on bus just because I don't know when the next Call of Duty comes out, but if it does, <laughs> we're on that. We need to research this, don't we? We need a COD player in here. Should I Google it? I'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna double down because I've been so anti Cardinals. I think if I change now, people like you know. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't well, respect it. it. It would feel well, weird as well for a Rams fan to say like, no, he's gonna break out. He's gonna be great. He's gonna have yeah, that year. Yeah. yeah. I need well, him to have a bust. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going bust as well. I'm not that high on the oh, no Cardinals. Way. I don't think... Uh, I think that... I think Murray will be okay, but I think Kingsbury gets fired after this year. That's my prediction. Really? Oh, yeah. they're definitely going to bust because um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 comes out on the 20th of October. Uh-oh. Oh, bad time as well. <laughs> Very bad time. What, According six, to what I've just Googled, I could be wrong, but that's what... Wait, 23rd of October. Could that be their bye 20. week? That might help him out if he can have some time off to play it. Is that their bye week? <laughs> um, hold on, I shall check. It feels <laughs> like a bye week. That. Call of Duty's getting a very good little uh, push today, by the way, on this. I mean, our, our five listeners will be... Yeah, I'm sure that they need... To be able to go and, uh, I've never played it, shockingly. Oh, their bye week's on the third week 13 in like end of, no of November, early December. So, uh, yeah, sorry, Arizona. That's going to be... And after that game drops, that that game drops on the day they play the Saints. Then they've got the Vikings, Seahawks, Rams, 49ers, Chargers. They ain't busted. They're winning. They're beating the Seahawks and that's it. Yeah, I think they win like seven games. So bust, bust. And then Kingsbury gets, uh, gets slammed. Right, I'm going to throw one out. Uh, I've been looking at big additions this offseason, Hannah. What do you mm -hmm. think about Matt Ryan at the Colts? many things about Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan Colts. <laughs> um, I don't think he's enough of a difference maker to catapult them into a Super Bowl run. 
I don't think uh-huh. he's going to do what a Tom Brady does at the Buccaneers or what Matthew Stafford does at the Rams. But I think in terms of Matt Ryan, he'll have a sort of boom year. Does that make sense? Okay. So if I put out some stats, maybe he gets 4,000, 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns. And like, you know. My only question is, is their receiver group? Who's he throwing the ball to? They have Well, Pittman Jr. is very good. So I think he'll have a yeah. big year. But outside of that, it starts to look a little bit. Thinner. I think. So that's the I question. think. Put this way. I think you'll watch. I think you'll watch Matt Ryan be like he's playing some good football. Just there's just not everything he needs there. Okay. I think it's a good move. I just don't think there's enough. So you're not strength. convinced that Jonathan... built, built for this success playoff Super Bowl run for the Colts now or never Ryan's the fitting piece like Stafford last year. No, I don't think he is. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Well, by that okay. measurable, maybe he's a bust, but. I... You can't say that about Matt Ryan. Everyone no, loves him. So <laughs> you're kind of a more like a hold scenario. You're not like, you're not Holding going all in. Yeah, you're checking. You're checking it down. Okay. All yeah. right. I got you. That's fine. I mean, I say right. bust in that he probably doesn't win a playoff game with them, but I think boom in that it's a massive upgrade on Carson Wentz. 34 touchdowns, what, 15 interceptions, 4,000 well, yards, they, Matt Ryan. I think they win year. the division as well. So I don't know if they win the division with 10 wins. Or with 12 wins, but I think they win the division. 10. I put them more yeah. towards 10 win. Yeah. But I just, I just think that division. division's going to be pretty crappy. I think the Titans are going to fall off a bit as well. So, mm. um, okay. Interesting one. Right. Uh, you brought up. So it's like a half boom, half bust situation. Yeah. All right. Basically okay. sitting on the fence. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I am on there. The fence with Matt Ryan. That's okay. Cool. There's, there's, a, there's a big one. Uh, who's got a huge boom or bust year. You mentioned his team earlier in one of perhaps the worst possible Thursday night football matchups you could have. Baker Mayfield, the Carolina Panthers, boom or bust? I what really does he get dropped? I really want Baker Mayfield after everything, and I have never been his biggest fan. I really want him to have a boom year. I, after after the after everything that happened at Cleveland yes, and all the rest of it, I'm like, I'm the biggest Baker Mayfield stan. I'm like, I, I, I take it all back. Well, I don't take it all back, but things have changed. Mm-hmm. They can evolve. I want nothing but good things to him. I would love him to go and absolutely destroy the Browns week one. Yeah. Uh, I am all in on a Baker Mayfield boom. I don't know if it's entirely there for it to happen in Carolina, but I want it. I want it. Want it. And I want Matt Rule to keep his job. Yeah. So I think there'll be enough there that'll keep. I think I would definitely keep. Baker Mayfield in over Sam Darnold in any scenario. Oh football. yeah, of course. So I don't yeah. see him getting better. I think he will. I think he will play the whole season. Um, yeah, come on, Baker. Baker to boom. Too bloody right. I think after the way the Browns have acted, bringing in that sleaze bag, that it makes Mayfield look like an angel. Look like an absolute angel. And I'm not going to lie, I thought he was a bit of an ass before, and now yeah, I'm like, oh, well, Baker, I... you're so misunderstood. Is this is this going to be the humbling experience then for Baker? Because obviously we saw on like the hard knocks with the Browns and he's always had that like, oh, I don't get enough respect sort of attitude. A bit like a kind of a Kyla Murray thinking he deserves more than he should for not doing anything yet really in the league except for a playoff appearance. So is this the humbling moment for Baker where he's kind of like, okay, let's reassess, restart and go again? I don't know. I, I hope so. I don't know if it's humbling it's just like sort of infuriating and insulting and then that ignites that belief of like well i've got a clean slate here i've got a fresh team the panthers i do think the panthers are quite an exciting team still they're a young team mm. so it's just like 
reset, go again. And actually, if he takes the frustration and anger, it might, you know, make him all, all, all the better. I think I, I think he beats think the he... Browns week one and then he... Yeah, like, and then we don't oh, yeah. hear a lot and from then... him. Well, that's easy to psych yeah. him up for that one, isn't it? Like yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna have be very hyped up for that. That will give us all some nice moments, though. I think he could take some advice from Jared Goff, just kind of quietly going to the rat to the Lions and just kind of getting his job done. Like I yeah. think he just having needs a to lovely keep his time. Head down. Just keep his head down and have a lovely time on a possibly bad team. Yeah, yeah. but enjoy some <laughs> football again because I mean yeah. the Lions last year when they were fun, they were fun. Yeah, yeah. Dan Campbell needs to stop having speeches where he sounds like he's going to cry because it's too many for me now on Hard Knocks. It's just like a little too much. Oh, I yeah. bought it last year at the press conference. I'm Williams and now as I'm well. Moving out on it. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal Williams is a wild boy on the pitch. He is a wild guy. So, Ollie, you obviously know where I am on Baker. I've always been uh, a you're, lot higher you're than in you the meadow and Jazz, with him. So, yeah. I'm, already, I'm already in the Mayfield Meadow. Right. Let's move on. Khalil Mack. Feels like an obvious one, but it is a big move. In the off season, boom, boom or bust, boom, boom, yeah, boom, easy one that, <laughs> boom, booming yeah. all day, yeah, slots okay. into a Chargers defense that booming that line, tag with both. And... I mean, I kind of bring him up really just so I thought you'd say that anyway. It's, I think it's hard to make a case that he's going to be a bust, but I, I was kind of looking back, and you just you feel like he's got a bit like lost at the bears because they went yeah. like you know they had that big year where he was still really good the first year that he went there when they were 12 and 4 and then they went 8 and 8 8 and 8 6 and 11 and he's 31 now and it just kind of he's not one of those players i'm like oh i can't believe that he's 31 and i don't know if that's me just feeling my no, no. age or if i'm like it just doesn't feel like he's been around at the bears that long but he's just been as, at the bears as long as he was at the raiders um and it's just like, I don't know, I'm just really excited for him to like reset things. A good, exciting team. He's got Joey Bosa on the other side. Like, Agreed. I think I think we are all going to see the restorative effects of the California sunshine yes. on Khalil Mack and Alan Robinson. I think, you know, the Bears have done nothing for years. They are, you know, no one's really been standing out because it's impossible to when it's just bad. Mm. And I think it's going to be a resurgence for, for both of them. And I think Khalil Mack's going to be a problem. I think the cool. uh, the Alan Robinson one, that was one of the other ones I was going to ask you about. I think he's going to go Boom. off this year. He's <laughs> oh, gonna... yeah. I've always thought, even when he was at the Jags, he's one of the best, most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. And he finally has a quarterback and a working offense to work it. I mean, the catch he pulled off against the Raiders at, at Tottenham a few years ago, down the sideline where he got cracked and still made a two-handed grab, toe touching. Oh, yeah, he's an absolute behemoth of a player. Um, all right, let's go with uh, another wide receiver, though. Amari Cooper at the Cleveland Browns. Lot of hype in Dallas. Eh. Sometimes it fits the bill, sometimes doesn't. Is the Cooper kind of shine falling off? I know Jazz, one of the other guys who's normally on the podcast with us, hates Amari Cooper. Really so he's, doesn't like he's Cooper. He's probably yelling either. already, being like, he's rubbish, he shouldn't even be in this, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I do think he is someone that has just been, and I think this is part and parcel of kind of being a cowboy, perpetually a little bit overrated. Like I haven't mm. really, I haven't, I haven't seen the evidence as to why he's so highly rated and he's still got I still see him going quite high in fantasy football drafts which surprised oh, me he's, he's not, so annoying in he's fantasy not Hannah. someone I ever take oh, um, he's burnt me he's burnt jazz I feel like uh, there's he's burnt a me of, in the past oh, yeah. he's a killer because he'll just go missing and this is kind of where you know fantasy isn't everything obviously but it does give you a like microscopic kind of I don't know it gives you like a uh, an idea of where a player's at in terms of like their career and he's just 
like we talk about boom or bust. He's boom or bust every game. Mm. He's, like, he's either going to get bloody 30 points or he's going to get 0.6 or something. And I'm like, what happened to you? Like, did you play the whole game? I think Sorry. he's probably set for another bust of a year based on the quarterback situation in yeah. Cleveland. I shall leave it at that. Although I would have thought that he's just going to be kind of one of the few targets there because their wide receiver room is actually really rubbish now. So well, That's the thing. He's going to be the main guy in Cleveland. I can like, see him getting a thousand yards. Attack, but... He has to be the guy. Yeah. Really. And him I... and Njoku. But... Yeah. I reckon he gets a thousand yards, but we're still talking about him in but the same tone. Still badly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does. He puts 400 up in one game. Has like 20, 30 yards. 400. Three. But he's, he's not. But you know what I mean? Like, he's that guy. He's not Julio like, Jane. Yeah, but he puts up like a, you know, 150 yard game and then we'll go quiet for three weeks. So it's, it's that. I mean, as you say, it's boom or bust every week with him. All um, right. Okay. I mean, so I, I think pretty... it's going to be an absolute bust because the Browns are the pits. Right. Okay. What about this one? Tyreek Hill. I I really I really can't figure the dolphins out. I really want good things for Tua. Yeah. Why? Because people give him so much shit. <laughs> um uh it's because he's very average. Yeah. I And we want nice things to watch, I think. Kill. Again, he's someone who I'm not reaching for or going for when it no. comes to fancy. I don't know where so he's I going, think... but I think it wherever it is, I'm sure it's overvalued i think my gut is saying bust but yeah. i'm willing to be proven and it be a boom i'm just still yeah. not i'm just not sold with the dolphins hype year on year mm -hmm. a bit like the cowboys for me all the talk and then it doesn't never come to much fruition yeah yeah i think he he's another player who's a little bit older than you might think as well and it feels like he had just the perfect situation at the Chiefs, one but of the he's annoyed at the Chiefs. He's uh, like said he's he's come out and spoken about how disrespected he felt by the Chiefs and how he left yeah, there. It's just ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, that like, feels like a kind of wide receiver thing to do. Just they're mm. always like giving it large kind of thing. I don't feel like how he could he could see that he was disrespected, but it's very much an early Antonio Brown move that like, yeah. I was disrespected at the team that gave me like made me Everything. a central point of the offense, made me a superstar and got me super bowl ring. Like, yeah, my heart yeah. bleeds, buddy. My heart bleeds for you. I, I think Miami are going to be a massive letdown. I had Mike McDaniel as another one of a, like a boom or bust just because so much expectation of his kind of running game or Shanahan's running game being brought to mm -hmm. Miami as well. And I think Miami as a franchise this year is going to be a bust considering what everybody suddenly thinks they're going to be under new coaching staff yeah. and this kind of like, oh, two has got a new lease on life. Still need to get a running game to work. It's easier to put it down on paper than it is to execute. And mm -hmm. yeah, already some of the deep shots to Hill have been underthrown in preseason. Yep. Even the ones that are like, look at this amazing deep passing. Like, well, he's still coming back to it. So maybe that 30 yeah. plus range from Tua just isn't quite. I don't think he's got it. I really don't think he's got much no. over 30 yards. No, you but... can't. I just don't think you can function as a high-end quarterback in the NFL if you can't deliver a deep ball. You can yeah. if you play in like a really rigid West Coast offense with like slants, quick outs, that kind of four wide receiver spread that the Eagles used to run with McNabb because McNabb didn't toss it long that often. 
And but even then, you've, the got game's to, changed, dude. you've got it's to be so able much. to toss it long occasionally. You look at the players who are lighting up the league, your Jamar Chases, your Justin Jefferson, your Cooper Cup, that's because the ball is being flung long to them. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah that, that the game has evolved. You, you need to be able to put some air on it. Wilkes. Well, Justin Herbert's flying. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Always love the Herbert. He's the best thing since sliced bread. I, I, I just so wish he was in Philadelphia. Just somehow, if we'd been able to finagle that to like trade up and get him or something, that would have then been my new favorite quarterback joining the teams. Um, look, let's reasons to be cheerful in Philadelphia, I think. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be okay. Although, mm. I don't like the boom that we're being given before a ball's kicked. That's always, yeah, a- you are sort of like you are my sort of like sleeper Super Bowl contender, but- which is oh, not oh, oh, you're cursing them, there. you're cursing them, Hannah. Excellent. Oh, well, I really well think done. the Rams are going to do it this year, then, Hannah. Yeah, okay, two can play that game with the early season curse. All right, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm going, I quite like this Eagles team, I quite like what's going on here, like because they're an unknown quantity, but sort of. They can sort of fly into the radar a lot in the NFC. Fly, yeah, yeah. Eagles, pun intended. Yeah, excellent. Uh, unfortunately, Jalen Hurts can't make a ball fly accurately. So that's going to be the the letdown in the end. I think it's going to be like last yeah. year. What got us to the playoffs was the wrong game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the East is bad enough that we at least could make the playoffs and then see what happens with that defense as well. But yeah, let's... um. Let's leave it at that with you, Wilkes. Yeah, we've nattered for well over an hour and appreciate the time. Um, finally, really glad we got to do this as well because it's been like jumping around with when like timings works and everything. But uh, if it's all right, we'll definitely try and get you back on when the Rams are like six and six. Like week yeah, 12, sure. Like that. Well, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> You're biting yeah. your nails every day. <laughs> no. The thing is as well, what I'm going to bear in mind is up until... February last year, I never believed we were going to win a Super Bowl. So, really? So, you know. That's a true yeah, fan. Hello, I mean, That's a true fan. Mm. You don't believe I mean, Jeff had a right go at me because I was like, I'm just going to try and enjoy this year because it could all be over. And he was like, you're meant to believe in your team. And I was like, it's a British sport fan thing. We're conditioned for disappointment. Yeah. So I was like, so I'm just... Um, <laughs> even when I stood there watching it, I still wasn't convinced it was it was happening about our body experience. Oh, it was a... <laughs> For when the Eagles won it, Jay Ajayi signing in that mid-season was immediately when I was like, they're going all in and they're going to go really far. Yeah. And then as soon, like Wentz went down about three weeks later and it was like, all right, no, it's all over. Why did I let my hopes get up? What am I doing? Nick Foles is never going to, yeah. So it can work oh, out still. Well, And this is the thing, we're bringing OBJ and I was like, oh my God, we're all in for the Super Bowl. And then we lost like three games in, on the bounce. We're like, yeah, okay, that's embarrassing. And then like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, Hannah J Wilkes on Twitter and Instagram, where everybody yes. can find you. And, Very consistent. And obviously, uh, the the brand new Sky Sports NFL rollout for the new season as well. We're going to be able to catch you on her huddle. When are you going to start hosting the main show? Come on, Wilkes! Like this is we've got to get you on the Sunday night game. Reynolds, Schechter analysts, you main host, and then like Baldy or Reinbold popping in from wherever they are around the world. That's the dream team, right? Well, there. that. That would actually be a dream, but uh, yeah, no, I'll leave it in the very, very capable hands right, of Neil. Fair, fair, we'll let Reynolds keep it. Now. <laughs> yeah, Unless he gets diplomatic. COVID again, in which case, next man up. <laughs> I was going to say, you need to start poisoning drinks. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Do you want to get Game of Thrones on it? Yeah. Yeah.